are listening to booze bullshit and true crime i am tired as fuck i am tired as fuck number two and we're gonna talk about some gnarly shit i'm brie i'm wade we're still gonna talk about some gnarly shit tired as fuck <laughs> i today am drinking some red wine it's the apothic like line of wines which i really really like and the apothic dark is my favorite and it's like almost black it's such a dark red and it makes me feel like i'm drinking blood and i like feeling like a vampire and wade's over here drinking a corona because he's a little bitch okay sure why don't you drink some whiskey like i offered you then i would have had a partner you're drinking wine doesn't mean i can't do both so because i'm drinking a beer i'm a bitch yeah Okay, that's a bitch thing to say. <laughs> it is, you're right. Flipped that on its head. Well, our topic today, hopefully none of you are out there, like, getting ready to eat dinner or trying to put on some sexy time with your loved one because this Somebody's is... really going to listen to a true podcast. A true podcast? Probably not. A true crime <laughs> podcast while they're going to have sex. Probably not. I'm just saying maybe, like... They were about to, like before. This is gonna kill it. That was my point. We're talking about necrophilia. Okay. <laughs> that would kill. That would kill any mood. Get it? Kill it? It would kill it. <laughs> but um. You could just said uh, pun intended. I my way's better. So we're talking about fucking dead people today. That's right, necrophilia. Weird shit. Some weird shit, but some shit that really, really fascinates me. And it's not like the act necessarily, per se, is what I'm super interested in. It's like, what is going on in someone's little peanut noggin to make them want to do that? Uh, yeah, there's a lot that I read up about it, and it's, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that go into it, because it's, I mean, obviously you're going to touch on in in your background, but it's has a lot to do with, like, sexual attraction to corpses, as well as, like, not necessarily their desire, but, like, their comfort or of overcoming, like, social anxiety because the partner is passed out. Because I guess necrophilia... They don't want to be... What's the word? Um, rejected. Exactly. Because necrophilia, too, doesn't it mean that it's, like, you're not necessarily dead, but, like, an un... Like an unconscious corpse? No. It means No, necrophilia death. means dead. So there's an, is there another... There might be like a necrophilia play. There's a kink for everything. I'm sure there's like a kink where they somebody it plays dead. Where it was like they pass out. They knock them out. Oh, that like, like um, autoerotic auto asphyxiation? Sh- some shit but like that. But that's not, that's not necrophilia. Okay. Yeah, like that is getting off on someone passing out, which is also weird and fucked up in its own way. But necrophilia literally means like fucking a dead person or having an attraction towards a dead person. And funny you should say I should touch on it in my background. I should have. But basically I looked up necrophilia and there was so much psychology on it that I was like, I can't. 
I yeah. can't even get into this. So I just like did a very, very brief overview because my case is kind of long too. Um, but you're right. It definitely has to do with rejection. There's also different levels of necrophilia. Like you can be a necrophile and just like stroke the corpse of a dead person. You can be a necrophile and like jack off while you're touching the dead person. You can be a necrophile just by like imagining fucking the dead person but not actually doing it. And then there's the people like Ted Bundy that actually like get right up in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll go over what I did find, which like I said, isn't a whole, whole lot, but my case will make up for it. Trust me. So the first thing that came up when I searched necrophilia into Google was surprisingly Urban Dictionary, which I thought was kind of fucking hilarious, and I have to read the definition because it made me spit my drink out. Some creepy fucking thing where some douche of a human being screws some dead person, generally done by guys because it's kind of hard for a chick to get it on with someone who's dead and not cooperating. But then there's the whole rigamortis thing. <laughs> so I hope that was disturbing enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... When you put her in perspective like that, yeah, I didn't really think about a girl being a necrophile. I died. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, necrophilia, also known as necrophilism, necrolangnia, necrocoitus, which is my favorite, necro... Nope. Nope. Necro. Yep. Necrophilia. That's yeah, what I'm going to call it. I can't pronounce that last one. Don't even ask me. <laughs> it's a sexual attraction or sexual act which involves corpses. It is classified as a paraphilia by the ICD-10, published by the WHO and the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association. So, like, the American Psychiatric Bible, pretty much. That's how it classifies a sexual act which involves a corpse. So that's how I was saying, like, even if you, even if you're not like jacking off or doing anything like that, even if you're like sexually like touching yeah. a corpse, still not a good thing. Rosman and Resnick reviewed information from 34 cases of necrophilia describing the individual's motivations for their behaviors. These individuals reported the desire to possess a non-resisting and non-rejecting partner, so like Wade was talking about, which was 68%. So most of necrophiles, that's their main thing. They're like, they literally can't say no. Um, reunions with a romantic partner consisted of 21%, so I'm thinking like a husband or a wife that passed away in the home and they keep them around, whatever. Sexual attraction to corpses, just point blank, like I'm a weirdo and dead people turn me on, is 15%. Comfort or overcoming feelings of isolation, which is the saddest thing ever, is 15%. And seeking self-esteem by expressing power over a homicide victim is 12%. To Bundy. Right. So they're in, like, the smaller of the percentile, which makes sense. Yeah. Most people aren't serial killers, and on top of people who are serial killers most of them aren't necrophiles so that's something that doesn't happen a whole lot and i think that's part of the reason he's so fucking well known the term necrophilia is thought to have been coined by belgian physician joseph guislan in his lecon's articles sur les philanthropes um, in a lecture given around 1850 in reference to a contemporary necrophile francois Betrond, and I believe that that person was somebody that worked in a morgue, and he got caught fucking a dead girl. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. 
In the ancient world, sailors returning corpses to their home country were often accused of necrophilia, which, ew, you're mailing a dead person back to their family. Singular accounts of necrophilia in history are sporadic, though written records suggest the practice was present within ancient Egypt. Herodotus, I don't know if I'm saying that right, writes in the histories that to discourage intercourse with a corpse, ancient Egyptians left deceased beautiful women to decay for, quote, three or four days before giving them to the embalmers to kind of, you know, stave them off. Um, he alluded to suggestions that Greek tyrant Periander had defiled the corpse of his wife, employing a metaphor. Periander backed his bread, or Periander baked his bread in a cold oven. <laughs> no comment. No comment at all. I enjoy my bitch beer over here while you talk about this shit. About baking a bread in cold ovens. Stop saying that. Did please. I break you? It's disgusting. I read that and I was like, I had to read this, so now all of you have to hear it. That was a thing. And he is quoted in like an ancient piece of writing saying that, so it makes it even better. But that's a pretty weird-ass fucking metaphor for necrophilia. Don't bring bread into this. Carbs are a good thing. Leave them alone. <laughs> what? Oh my God. I like my sourdough. And my wheat. There was a chart I came across that listed all of the states where necrophilia is illegal. No, it's not illegal in all of the states in the USA. And what the pen penalty for necrophilia uh, was. And it's only a misdemeanor in 11 states. And some, it's a class, what is it? Class A is like the least intense felony? No goes down okay most of them was the least intense felony like all of the states basically where it was a felony it was like not a huge deal but in 11 states it's a misdemeanor and in some states there's not a law against it so that's Jesus. great which i feel weird about it because like they're dead like they're dead they're not killing anybody but you can't i don't know still like def Facing a corpse or defiling. defiling a corpse. And it's somebody's loved one. Exactly. And I wouldn't want some weird guy fucking my corpse after I died. If Alabama could have a law stating that you can be a convicted felon if you get caught with the hind legs of a sheep in your boots, necrophilia should be a fucking crime all over. <laughs> but that's just one of those laws that hasn't been like written out yet. I don't think you'd actually get a ticket for that. It's a felony. I'm sure technically it's a felony, but... It, it's a law. It's a state law in Alabama that it literally is a public public penal code. Penal. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, you immature uh, I wear it with pride. You guys giggled. I made him giggle. I think I did. I giggled. That's all that matters. <laughs> you guys giggled like we're talking to a live audience <laughs> right now. Jesus. All God. five of you out there that are listening right now. Are you sure you don't have heat stroke or heat illness still? I did. Yeah. Shit, guys. Did you know that heat stroke makes you hallucinate? I didn't until like a few days ago. When she got heat stroke and started hallucinating. It's like as good as mushrooms. Like I was tripping fucking balls. 
not good in that way. I meant the visuals. Whoa. It was not good. I felt like Whoa. throwing up all over the place. Continue with your background. Okay, we're just going to slip that in there and not explain? Cool. Depending on what state you live in, engaging in sex with a corpse might be completely legal. As of 2016, necrophilia was not explicitly against the law in Louisiana, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, New Mexico, Vermont, Wisconsin, and a few other states, but just to name a few. Um... So I think in those states, technically, you could probably get charged with, like, defiling a corpse, because I know that's a law everywhere, but not, like, necrophilia. Necrophilia is not a law. Though it should be noted that other laws exist that could land a necrophile in the slammer. Huh, just like I said, I did these notes a week and a half, two weeks ago. Sorry, guys. Um, as with Wisconsin, in which three young men were arrested for attempting to dig up a corpse on the grounds they intended to engage in sex with an unwilling partner. Ew. This case was eventually thrown out with the judge ruling that corpses are not people and therefore the question of consent was irrelevant. <laughs> but this does not mean charges of a similar kind could not be brought up in other states without explicit laws against necrophilia. So they got away with it. I just thought it was really funny that he noted on the unwilling partner aspect. They definitely should have still gotten arrested for something. But They probably got that charge thrown out, but they probably got digging up a corpse. I hope so, because you can't just go around digging up fucking people's dead bodies. Mm -mm. Necrophiliacs seek out their version of love from corpses because they're afraid of rejection a lot of the time. According to a study by Jonathan P. Rossman and Philip Reisnick, the most common motive of true necrophiles was to possess an unresisting and unrejecting partner. Although some other motives were listed as attempt to gain comfort and attempt to gain self-esteem by the expression of power over a homicide victim, like I was saying earlier, needing a partner, even if temporary, that physically cannot abandon the necrophile was the number one reason across the subjects interviewed. Damn. So that was, like, the whole biggest thing with them. Why are you poking at me? Because you're going to skip over my stuff. I did a little bit of background on necrophilia, oh, too. Oh, look at that. Oh, fancy, huh? What do you got? So, we obviously know necrophilia is a erotic attraction to corpses. Ew, gross. That. It is? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh... Though the motivation by attempting to gain or, like, unresist a non-rejecting partner is... Unresist a non-rejecting partner. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Possess a non-rejecting partner? There you go. Thank you. Possess a non-rejecting partner is one of the biggest things. So according to the crime library, necrophilia... Or necrophilies. Necrophilies. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Necrophiles. Necrophiles. <laughs> necrophilies. Please say necrophilies. Necrophilies are commonly diagnosed. <laughs> yeah, they have personality disorders, and about 10% are described as being psychotic. I can agree with that. Yeah. The practice has been observed throughout history, like, Bree was talking about the Egyptian men recorded as waiting until decomposition had set in before giving their wives to the embalmers. Decomposition. Decomposition. Uh, before they gave it to the embalmers just to, you know, kind of not let 
the embalmers do their nasty things to their wives. But then they're embalming a corpse that's like pretty much decayed. Exactly. Ew. Three to four days is kind of a long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Stephen J. Hucker, a consulting psychiatrist, wrote in forensic pathology, or what the fuck, how do you, what's that word? Psychiatry? Psychiatry. The same word, just with the a different Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Due to the large amount of privacy surrounding the taboo practice, it is believed that necrophilia may be more prevalent than statistically shown. You don't say. Yes. And I guess I'm just going to get into my case since yours is oh, on paper. What? I mean, mine isn't as in-depth as yours, because mine mine's is kind really, of... really, really good and long. Yeah, mine's kind of bad. I mean, I I would hope that both of us would classify our cases as bad. Well, yeah, but I meant, like, in a sense, uh, yeah. I mean, mine's really fucked up. Mine, yeah. like, I do not get dissuaded very often, and there were a few times in my case where I was like, should I do this? And then I was like, it's next. Graphelia, I feel like any case I'm going to look up is going to be pretty bad. So Yeah. So my case is about Kenneth Douglas. Mm. He was a night shift worker at the Hamilton County Morgue in Ohio from 1976 until 1992. Oh, no. He was a morgue attendant. Yeah. Ugh. He confessed to having sex with dead bodies <sighs> while the bodies awaited autopsy. <sighs> Often while he was drunk or high on drugs. Somehow that makes it better? And then no, it doesn't. <laughs> he said that he would just get on top of them and pull his pants down. <sighs> and the biggest part was, was the county maintained that it, like, or the county ma uh, pretty much can be held accountable for his actions, but right. the entire time... They maintain this whole, like, you know, he didn't do it, like, pretty much turning a blind eye to it. Because there are several reports that this guy was doing some weird shit. Even his wife called him. Ew, what the fuck? And didn't yeah. divorce him? No. Okay. Yeah, she did eventually, but no. I not, mean... Not when she was calling in, because she just thought that he wasn't going to work and was getting drunk and shit like that until oh. other shit came out. And then she was like, what the fuck? pretty bad it was really bad actually uh so the key piece of evidence in douglas's testimony was actually his wife calling and reporting her husband coming home from work smelling like sex and alcohol she was told by the county whatever happens on county property is count in county time or on county time is county business yes bitch yes it is and smelling like sex yeah, that's the whole thing I didn't get. Not uh, smelling like a dead body. Okay. Well, obviously you would smell like Like smelling dog. like cum? That's disgusting. Probably. Ew. Yeah. Who was... <laughs> one, one of our coworkers was talking about a plant that grows out around in the area that we're working. It smells like cum. <laughs> and it cum smells plant. like cum. Uh. And him and Wade were both like, oh yeah, the cum plant. The, mm. the plant that smells like fucking sea. And I'm just standing there like, um... There, there, I can confirm there is a cum plant. I came across it the other day. Oh, yeah. It's gross. All right, proceed. All right. So, Kenneth's case uh, started in 1982. 
When a coroner found semen in the body of a murder victim, Karen Range. Technology at that time wasn't as advanced as it is now, so the semen semen's owner remained a mystery for almost 30 years. Damn. Eventually, the semen's owner was identified as our buddy Kenneth Douglas. He's our buddy? Well, our previously mentioned gentleman, Kenneth Douglas. Uh, he was an assistant working in the Ohio morgue. A gruesome unfolding of events revealed that Range was only one of at least 100 corpses he has sexually abused in the 16 years he worked at the county morgue. Oh, no. Fucking crazy. Yeah, so with the advance of uh, modern technology, investigators were able to identify the origin of semen. (laughs) (laughs) The origin of semen? God, are you there? (laughs) (laughs) okay the origin of the semen semen that the coroner found in 1982 when learning the identity of range's abuser the 19 year old victim's family sued douglas two more sexual abused corpses were linked to douglas who is at this point 60 years old but it wasn't until a later disposition that he deposition deposition that no, that's supposed this to be deposition. Deposition, yeah. Uh, that he admitted to having sex with up to a hundred bodies. He even admitted to smoking crack before going to work, saying, "If I hadn't had anything, drugs, when he went to work, it wouldn't have happened." People, listen. and that's what made it worse when he said that. I guess that makes it better. I was like, no, this motherfucker told us that he had to take drugs so he could go do the acts that he was doing. Listen, that's fucking stupid. Crack is whack. <laughs> and that's fucking disgusting. I agree. <laughs> Fuck your couch. Fuck your couch. Um, let me scroll down really quick. I'm trying to like maneuver around a microphone, and Bree's pretty much sitting in my lap because she's an attention whore. Hi. hi. Oh hi. <laughs> so Hamilton County uh, had plenty of notices that Douglas was committing such acts but instead chose to turn a blind eye. Despite it being apparent Wait, why, that though? for years Douglas had been abusing drugs or alcohol before you know, going to work, and the fact that Douglas's wife claims that she had uh, even called the morgue supervisor, complained, and all that shit and smelt of sex and alcohol... He was, you know, the county still turned a blind eye and pretty much told his wife, you know what, I don't give a fuck. If he's at work, he's at work. But why? Why would they not care about that? I have no idea because they knew that they were liable and that they would get in trouble. And it isn't the first time that they were getting in trouble for stuff like that before. Ah. So they were pretty much, you know, behind closed doors goes. What happens at City Morgue stays at City Morgue. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. So currently, Douglas is serving uh, time, like time for sexual abusing of three corpses, which the DNA has been linked to. So evidently, they didn't, you know, they couldn't charge him with any other crimes, but the three that are linked to his D- or linked to him through his DNA. Right. So his victims were twenty-three-year-old. Charlie, Charlene, Charlene, yeah. Charlene Appeline, 
who died in 1991 after strangled during her six months of pregnancy. What? So she was six months pregnant, was fucking strangled, and then this piece of shit raped her after she died. Yeah. And that's sweet. the worst part about it. Fucking so, sweet. So, 24-year-old April Hicks, who fell from a third-story window in 1991 and died of blunt force trauma. Jeez. And then Range, who was nearly decapitated by a door-to-door... Salesman in 1982. That took you a second. It's because she was killed by a salesman, nearly decapitated, and then this asshole Douglas jumped up on top of her and. With no head. She was nearly decapitated. So she still had a head. Basically, no pretty head. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Douglas attempted to having sex with all these corpses and he uh, confessed to it. So he's like, yep, I did it. Yeah, pretty much. Once the DNA came out about range, he was pretty much like, yeah, I did that. And then as the, like, interviews and court proceedings went on is when he was finally like, yeah, I did that and that and that plus a hundred other ones that I can't tell you about unless you have evidence for. Yeah, so as it was going on, it it started with Karen. Then I believe it came with Charlene, and then it went with April. Or and actually, I, I think it was vice versa. I think it was Karen, April, then Charlene. And you said it was, he was an attendant, right? So he was like the morgue bitch, basically? He was an assistant, yeah. So he so, was the one that kind of pretty much prepped the bodies when they were oh, coming trust me, in. I've looked into that job. Yeah, <laughs> so he was the one that just, he didn't really touch anything. He just kind of made sure that there was room and that, you know, assistant plus clean and well, and correct like me if I'm wrong, but he does, he well obviously he had access to the body, but I think he like got them ready to like yeah. he literally he got put them on the board ready. and yeah. yeah he'd get everything ready for the actual. I'm just amazed he was able to fuck that many corpses without anyone walking in on him, without anyone noticing anything off. I mean, like yeah, it's a little weird. That's crazy to me. Somebody must have seen something at some point. Had to have. Wow. Well, that was fucking disgusting. They were probably all in on it. That was fucking disgusting. So that's my case. (laughs) Short and sweet and to the point. You ready for my nasty nasty? I don't know, but make it 20 minutes long. I will. Dun, dun, dun. Today, I'm doing Jerry Brudos, otherwise known as the Shoe Fetish Killer. Wow. So did you have to have, like, a specific specific brand of shoe on or all shoes all All high heels all high heels Mm -hmm. sweet (laughs) i look good in my heels do you know anything about this guy i have no idea fuck yeah Yeah. i'm gonna ruin the rest of your night okay let's see here this guy this fucking guy was a necrophile a fetish killer and the weirdest fucking dude i have ever had the pleasure of researching And I've searched for a lot of weird shit on the internet. Delete my browser history when I die. (laughs) That's way to opening. 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 Opening another bitch bottle of Corona over there. Another bitch bottle of Corona. This bitch bitch is drinking wine and she's just calling me a bitch. I have a higher alcohol content than you, sir. Basic ass bitch. I'm going to get drunk faster. Basic ass bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what my next <laughs> sentence is? This little bitch of a man. Drinking his Corona. <laughs> no, not you. This guy. This guy, Jerry. 
Uh, he was born in good old Webster, South Dakota. He was the youngest of two boys. His mother was wanting a girl when she got pregnant with him and was soups bitter about him having a dingling. Soups? Soups bitter. A dingling. About the dingling. Dingling alang. My last story last week, the geriatric crime, wasn't it the same? Or am I tripping? No. I felt like I just did a story where the mom was really bitter that the dude was a dude. Anyways, she was bitter about it. She would often belittle and chastise him. She sadly physically abused the boys as well. Um, like, damn, Gina, drop him off at a Walmart or like a fire station or something. If you're so pissed about your child having a penis, just give him away. Don't like keep him and beat the shit out of him. I will never understand that. Cool, so uh, what kind of kids do you want? I don't care. I just okay, good. want healthy children. Okay, cool. I don't think you should care. Okay. I think if you care, you shouldn't be having children. Or adopt. Then adopt. Right? Sure. Okay. Why are you looking at me all weird? If you really don't want to have a child because you don't know what, kind, what sex they're going to be, and you think adopting is going to be the best... I think at that point, you probably shouldn't even raise a child. No, I'm just saying she had a boy already. If she was so fucking determined to have a girl because she wanted one of each, and you're going to be disappointed if you don't have a girl, then just fucking adopt a girl that needs a home. Don't go try and make one and then be disappointed when it's not what you wanted. True, true, true. It would have been better than what happened, trust me. Okay, cool. Brudos' family moved around a lot during his childhood years when he was really young, but eventually they settled down for good in Salem, Oregon. From his super ridiculous serial killer nickname, I'm sure you figured out by now that good old Jerry had a thing for shoes. He had a big thing for shoes. Because um, his mom kicked his ass in shoes? No. I'll tell you why. Okay, cool. Actually, it's my next sentence. Ah! Fun fact... He acquired this fetish at the age of five for shoes. For some reason, he was playing in a junkyard one day, looked for like half an hour to try and figure out why he was playing in a fucking junkyard, couldn't figure it out. But while he was there, he came across a pair of stiletto heels, like big old skinny, crazy stripper shoes. And he was like, yes, yes, is this is what makes my dick stand up. I love these. And like took them home. And from then on, he just had a fat shoe fetish. Okay. So nothing other than that, just the fact that he found those and was like, oh my god, this makes me feel funny, I love it, and then from then on, that was it. I feel like there would be more to it. There should be a lot more to that. Yeah. Junkyard and all he found was stilettos? <laughs> Not what? what I meant, but well, yes. Well, I meant there's <laughs> probably something attached to those stilettos to where he was like, oh my god, this dead body with these shoes on, amazing. In a junkyard? He's in a junkyard! You really, you're just going to find a pair of stilettos in a junkyard? Yeah. A junkyard where there's vehicles parked everywhere? That's a junkyard. No, I think they meant like, like a, a dump. dump. Yeah. I hey, think that's, that's different than meant. a junkyard. Okay, mister. A junkyard's like I know pool. shit about cars and stuff. A landfill. There you go. There we go. <laughs> that's cool. the word. In Perfect. a landfill. Sounds great. Mr. Continue. Wade Garrett. Is that good? Yes, Brianna Nicole. Okay. Second fun fact. After the junkyard fiasco... Jerry actually attempted to steal the shoes of his first grade teacher. Like off of her? Yes. <laughs> Did he like tackle her to the ground and try stealing her no, shoes? No, I or think she he, was like, sitting creepily down. just like yeah. sneak under the desk and like pop her shoes off? Yes. That. 
Psychopath. He's a first grader, and you have a little kid under your desk trying to steal your fucking shoes. Yeah. Scary. Jerry didn't just fancy shoes, though. He loved his panties, too. And I hate that word. I just had to use it. Because <laughs> it makes it even creepier. This man actually admitted to breaking into neighbor girls' homes as a child and as an adult and stealing their underwear. So not only is somebody, like, completely invading your privacy by breaking into your fucking house, they're going into your underwear drawer and stealing your underwear. So that happened. Now for some really, really gnarly shit that is very unfortunate. At age 17, Bruto spent some time in the Oregon State Hospital psychiatric ward after he confessed to holding a girl at knife point, forcing her to take off her clothing, and into a hole that he dug in the side of a fucking hill that he had constructed specifically, quote, for the purpose of keeping sex slaves. He was 17. Throw the whole dude away. It's not even worth it at that point. Yeah, it's only like 78 cents a round. Kill him. Exactly. He Spend 78 cents, shoot him in the back of the head. Then put him in that same hole he dug. How long did that dude take to construct that entire area and then held this... Pro- it was just... All of it was awful. Really, really bad. Um, for all of this, he spent nine months in the hospital. That's all he got. He forced her... The girl that he forced into the hole, he forced her to pose for pictures of him too, which he had like kept the pictures and that was something they had taken from him as evidence when they put him into that hospital. So he like terrorized this girl. Um, In the hospital records from the psychiatrist, it states that Bruto's violent tendencies stemmed directly from his pure hatred of his mother, which in turn made him hate all women. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia at this time as well while he was staying there. So he was having really, really big issues from a really young age. No 17-year-old person I know does things like that. Um, So he was having issues from an early time. Despite his mental health struggles, Brutus graduated high school with his class in 1957. After graduating, he became an electronics technician, which what the fuck does that mean? An electronics technician? Yeah. He fixes, like, computers and printers and fax machines and shit like that. Where is there a need for that now? Like, Geek Squad? Yeah, but also, you know, like, actual companies that sell these equipment. You would be a IT mechanic. Why do companies need IT mechanics if people just buy new ones? So you can go out there and diagnose what the problem is and fix it? Instead of you buying a new one, when all you oh, like the big was... printers, like I had a, the car yeah. dealerships I yeah, worked exactly. at and stuff. Yeah, we had some of those guys. Yeah. They could never fix it. Like we cr- always got new ones. Yeah, my engineering company, both of them, they had you know like five or six big ass printers and copiers okay. and scan machines, and it was all the same company. So whenever something fucked up on it or whatever, they just call him out and came out and serviced it and okay. fixed it and then left. Main thing was is we were construction workers, and I know that the printer and copier says, don't scan with staples. We scanned with staples. <laughs> Shit fucked up, so we had to call him out quite often. I'm sure he loved you guys. Oh, we had a sign above it that pretty much says, check to make sure it's plugged in. Don't scan with staples. And then when he'd come, we put another sign up that says, probably scan with staples. <laughs> <laughs> 
my god. See, ours was different. Our IT guy hated us, and he always came out and couldn't fix it, but it's because we literally printed and copied so much shit. No matter how big of a printer they got us, we just literally exploded it. Like, we just made it explode. It just poof. Every, like, three months. It literally went all day, every day. Fuck that job. I'm so happy I don't work there anymore. I will continue. Yeah, fuck that job. Fuck that job. Holy, Actually, hold on before I continue. Oh, I, I was just thinking about that today. I was hiking around in the woods, doing my job with Wade and his little work husband he has now, Justin. Hey, Justine. Justine. Justine, <laughs> Justine hi. <laughs> and I was looking around and I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm literally in the woods right now. I'm listening to one of my favorite podcasts. Which was my favorite murder. I love those girls. Um, hi, Karen in Georgia. If you ever listen, that would be amazing. And I was looking around and I was like, I am so fucking happy now. I'm so happy I quit that job and I'm making so much less money. And I was so scared like six months ago. Look at me now, baby. Fuck that job. Yeah. They're really, really bad. They're really bad. Sunny, I set a curse on you. I hope you're listening. And I hope you're scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. We so. should have... Wallace, fuck with Sonny. We should get like two rocks and tie some stuff around those two rocks and have John put those in Sonny's desk. He won't. He won't. He well, won't. Mark. Is Mark still there? Mark, Mark will. will. <laughs> Mark to do it. Okay. Fuck with them. And then like randomly show up the next day and be like, hi, Sonny. How's it going? And come straight into the office and then just disappear. And just disappear. Actually, I think I'm petty enough that I will do that. I'm totally down to do it for you. I think we touched on it on the Occults episode, but a dude caught on to the fact that I dabbled in things and was very afraid of me and my witchiness, and so before I quit, I put just one of the rocks out of my driveway in his desk and then acted like I have no idea how it got there, so that would make it even better. All right, tangent. My story's really long. I will proceed. Electronics technician, worked on printers and shit. Fast forward to 1961. This piece of shit convinces a 17-year-old girl to marry him. Somehow. And he promptly proceeds to knock her up twice. So they have two babies together, like, immediately. It is around this time that Brutos began complaining of migraines and blackouts, during which he would do late-night break-ins to steal undergarments and shoes. Like a weirdo. It's murder time. What? Yeah, murder. Between 1968 and 1969, women started disappearing in the Portland area. Before I get into specifics, I want to go over this guy's MO because it's fucking gnarly and disgusting and amazing all at the same time. He was a trophy killer, which, trust me, I'll get into, but that just basically means they take something of the body back with them every time they do a kill. It's like a trophy, like a hunter hunting a fucking buck and putting the horns on the wall. Same kind of idea. Wow, that was really dark. He also um, had a pension for dressing up in women's underwear, clothing, and heels, standing over the body, and playing the skin flute, if you know what I mean, after they were murdered. So he was just, like, sadistic sadistic in the biggest way possible. He just, like, got off on the fact that he was, like, the controller of what happened to them. Bruto's first victim was 19-year-old Linda Slauson. She was a door-to-door encyclopedia salesperson who unfortunately knocked on his door. He later confessed to her murder and to cutting off her left foot to use as a fucking corpse foot model for his stolen shoe collection. He kept 
that foot for so long and would just put the dead fucking foot in all the shoes and like model it and take pictures of it. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? That's, I mean, yeah, like as in, yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is gross. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. All God, right. It's, it's going to continue. So gross. It's going to continue. We're being so loud right now. Our little voice thingy is like skyrocketing <laughs> over 12. Sorry. We probably won't. I'm going to continue to drink wine, so that's not going to help. Well, my bitch beers aren't going to help either. (laughs) This is really bad, though. Next was 23-year-old Jan Whitney. This murder was in 1968, as was Linda's, so they were in the same year. Jan broke down on her way home from college, so her car took a shit on her, and she was on the side of the road, which I've been a million times and have had people pull up to me, so reading this was just, like, terrifying. Brutos later admitted to pulling up with the guise of helping her with her car. He strangled her and had sex with her corpse while still in the vehicle on the side of the fucking road. Right there. And he brought her lifeless lifeless body back to his workshop behind his home that his family was not allowed in. So remember, he has two kids, he has a wife in a house, and then he has a workshop behind his house. And this weird, crazy workshop, his wife would have to announce through an intercom that she wanted to come in and alert him, and then he would, like, let her in. So, like, nobody was allowed in there without presenting themselves, and the kids weren't allowed in there. Oh, if you had that, I for sure would have been leaving. That is so weird. And she never got curious. I'm like, I don't know. That's just weird. That's just weird. If any of that shit's happening, nah. call the cops. Nah. nah. <laughs> All right. Brace your shit. This shit is pretty rough. I don't even like really want to say this. And I've been really cool with saying everything that I've done a case about. So I will try and be delicate. But there's literally like no fucking way to be delicate. He strung her up from the ceiling of his workshop with a meat hook and continued to violate her body for several days. No comment. Yeah, that's really bad. It's a really bad thing to do to somebody. But he did it, and he's a piece of shit. He disposed of her body by tying it to a car engine and throwing it in a lake, as well as that decaying foot of his first victim that he had killed like four months ago. He threw a car engine attached to a body in a lake? Yes. Do you have something to say? Did he throw it overhand or underhand? <laughs> what? You don't just simply throw a cart. I think he rolled it off of a boat. Okay, put that in your notes next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Damn, Don't Dana. get me excited. I thought we were talking about some Superman here. No, he is nothing super. He is the lowest of low. He's a fucking piece of shit. Before disposing of her body, though, he needed a memento from this victim as well, even though he was throwing away his other memento because it was literally fucking human jello. He cut off her right breast, ow, and made a mold of it with the intention of making a fucking paperweight out of it. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's something. Which, by the way, the wife found at one point and just shrugged it off, like the mold, not the actual breast found the mold of it and was like why does he have a mold of a boob yeah crazy and then she found out later what it was so ah. um in march of 1969 <laughs> i just wrote insert 69 joke here and i can't think of one but ah, 
19 year old Karen Sprinkler had plans to meet her mother for lunch. She never showed, and Bruno's later detailed to authorities how he abducted her from a parking garage and forced her into his car. He then brought her back to his workshop, hung her from his hook, and repeatedly defiled her corpse. Um, he then removed both of her breasts, tied her to a fucking transmission, so he really likes car parts, and threw her in the same lake. In April 1969 is when Brudos claimed his last known victim. It was 22-year-old Linda Saley. Just as the victims before her, he abducted her, brought her back to his workshop, raped her, strangled her to death, and hung her from the same hook. He also disposed of her in the same nearby lake. And please remember, after each of these, he's dressing up in women's underwear and heels. He's very fat, ugly, he's a greasy man, and he's fucking beating his meat over their fucking decaying bodies for, like, days. Like, you can't get much more fucked up than that. And just, on top of it, the way that he's treating their corpses, he's, like, literally the worst. Yeah. Like, in the entire world. He's very bad. During his two-year killing spree, um, his victims weren't all actual victims. Some of the women that he attacked managed to escape and get away from him. Sorry, I had like a literal brain lapse where I completely lost my train of thought there. The details these women gave authorities eventually led them to Bruto's door. So thank God those women got away and thank God they said something because they were able to catch him. He confessed to the four murders and there was a search conducted of his home, obviously. They found posed photographs of his victims, a huge collection of stolen women's underwear, ick, ugh, along with various body parts he had collected from his <coughs> victims. So he just, like, kept them. He was convicted and sentenced to the death penalty. And I just wrote, yes, lad, next to that, because thank God. On March 28, 2006, though, Brutus was found dead in his cell at Oregon State Penitentiary, dead of liver cancer. He never saw the inside of a death chamber, but at least he fucking suffered. At least he died in jail. <laughs> he probably got beat up, too. Sorry, I've been out in the pollen all day. I hope he got beat up over and over again every day for his whole life. I'm sure he did. And then he suffered from cancer, which is like one of the most horrible things that you can die from. True. Yeah. So, sorry for that really fucking depressing and gross story, but, I mean, it was necrophilia. I hope you enjoyed it, because I did. Yeah, it was a good case. Yeah. Please email us, or hit us up on Facebook, to uh, discuss cases, or bring up your cases that you want us to talk about. Yes. Please. Please? Please. Because this is like episode fucking 14 and none of you guys have done that yet. We feel like you hate us. We can see that people are listening, but nobody's fucking saying anything. And we're going to keep posting po uh, podcast episodes each week. And we're going to keep annoying you to write us. Michaela, you're the real fucking thug, though. Cause thug life for sure. You like you our posts and, and you share them. And yeah, I miss sure you and I love you. Die. She is the OG. Um, but where can they find us on Facebook and Instagram? I don't know. You always do that part. What is it called? Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. Yep. And then our email is booze, bullshit. Nope. <laughs> oh, booze, BS, and True Crime 
at gmail.com. Yep, and and is spelled out A-N-D. And then we have an Instagram. And as she does all this. She put me on the spot. I have fucking no idea of what else we got. I'm instructed that I'm supposed to share Facebook posts, Instagram posts, and then she has access Michaela to the Michaela shares more posts than you do. Thanks, Michaela. <laughs> oh, my God. She has my back. We talked about this last time I was at Target. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you fucking did. But basically what Wade's trying to say, Instagram and Facebook is the same. Email us if you have a story or something creepy or a word of advice or you want to say hi or you want to say that you like us, you want to say that you don't like us, just email us. Yeah. Or like our post or comment or do something. But, yeah. Okay, bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Oh, fucking stop. Oh, jeez. <laughs>